on this episode of Stuck With My Dad. You're an Apple native. So the idea that you're an Apple no, native No, but I don't have my account anymore. You're assimilated, assimilated. No, okay. All right. It's changing the world. We got to talk about it. Yeah, you're, sure. When you're like do in they, the big Here's leagues. my question. Do they wear a diaper or do they take no, a bathroom No, oh my break? God. <laughs> you have to get the, you're like. <laughs> At this rate, son, we're going to be stuck in our basement for a long time. It started off as a joke, and now we record every weekend. It's just segmented chaos. Welcome to Stuck With My Dad. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Stuck With My Dad, episode 8. The show where we pretend like we know what we're doing. Because in the last seconds leading up to the podcast, we're both scrambling to do and find what we need to make this podcast happen. Because we are a busy family. But, you know, it's nice to relax and uh, record a little chaos for an hour. That's right. So hope you've all been enjoying the podcast. Hopefully you're coming back for more. If you are, you know, how we How are we doing? What are our uh, Our statistics? What's the analytics? Let's see what Anchor says. Honestly, I think we stray further and further from... What, do we got three listeners now? Probably. On the last see. one, I need to see what up. I think episodes. part of the challenge is that we're not utilizing hashtags to their fullest capability. And you're, I don't even think we have a. We had three plays. Three plays on the last round. And Me, I, you, and someone else. And some other random. Per, oh, probably Aaron, because we watched the movie he recommended. Probably. So the problem is, is that but episode six has eleven. Well, you know so. what we're not doing. Nobody knows about it. Yeah. Right? So So make a Facebook page. Well, I know. We've been a little delayed because we're still trying to get it. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the challenge. No, we're not trying to get it on Apple Podcasts. We need to sit down and get it on Apple Podcasts. <laughs> we haven't even tried it. I can't do it because I'm an Android Google guy, so I don't know any – I don't have Apple login. Oh, see, but so you're, you're – you have to log yeah, into your you were, Apple. Yeah, but you were an Apple native. So the idea that you're an Apple no, native No, but I don't have my account anymore. You're assimilated, assimilated. Oh, okay. All right. Welcome, Listen. everyone, to this week's episode. So, There's a little banter for you. <laughs> We're starting off spicy today, folks. But our first episode has 67 plays. Well, there we go. Once we get, we'll, we'll cheers on a special episode when yeah. we get to 100 listeners. Um, Unique plays. I'll tell you what. Well, for anyone who's listening, it's kind of weird. I, I recorded a sponsorship segment. and Your recording just, is pretty good. Just as like a... a what is it like a uh, practice right yes, yeah just as like to learn and whatever but i don't know i just feel it's not, we're not making money off of it no so is it like even worth having it if if it's annoying i can probably remove don't it don't worry about it. it's all the games played but you might want to re-record it yeah that's probably a good idea but i thought your read was good yeah it wasn't bad we have 157 total plays We've made forty-seven cents. Hey, cha-ching, cha-ching. We are in the big money range right now. I'll tell you that. Yeah, so you know we'll make it there. We'll just as long as we're having fun. That's all I really care about. So, I think we'll move on to segment number numero uno uh, with an internet share. An internet share. Hashtag trending. Okay, everyone, welcome to an internet share. We just had a little banter because apparently he's adding the internet share. Or Listen, whatever. I am recognizing we're going to take it up a notch. Yeah, we I think in. we do. We got to, you know, we've been eight episodes in. Our internet shares, our banter, we got to turn up the heat a little. Turn up the heat. Okay. The boy. heat is on. <laughs> The heat is on. Okay. Okay, okay. I probably should stop that. And there's our strike. (laughs) Strike one. We're out. Okay. Uh, What's this week's internet share? You first or me? uh, Why don't you go first? Well, this internet share only seems appropriate because it's regarding a film composer. Uh, This is going to date this particular episode, but that's fine. Date the episode? What do you mean? Because it's about the death of the composer Ennio Morricone. Maestro Morricone was an Oscar-winning Italian composer 
and he died at 91. Like when? Today? Today, I think, or yesterday. Unfortunately. And uh, he composed... Look at he's just turn your volume up. I don't I know why you have it on why, in the first place. Why, why is it? You don't need to be playing back. any. What would you thing. do? He's back. Where are the Corona masks? How is this possible? This is old stuff in the can. It's finally gotten edited. I don't know what okay. he is talking about. He's losing his mind. He's looking at his phone. Calm. I don't know what any of that was. <laughs> All right. So he is responsible for a fistful of dollars. The Mission Impossible theme. Wow. The mission main theme, excuse me. The good, the bad, the ugly. Whoa. You know, Excuse me. <laughs> excuse me. I know what the good and bad and the ugly is, okay? Don't baby me. Once upon a time in the West, a fist, boy, all of these great spaghetti westerns, but then he went on later in life to do The Thing. Wow. And I know you love that film. Yeah. And uh, he passed, and I, I'm trying to recall if in my soundtrack library I had any of his work. Uh, if I did not, I definitely knew the movies, and I knew the, he was the Italian composer, 500 films. He was 91 years old. He died on Monday, today, oh, okay. since we're recording today. Uh, well, rest in peace. Yeah. Watching The Birdcage. Uh, yeah. He did the original French version of the film in 1978. Wow. The Thing, Untouchables, Fanatic, Cinema Paradiso, In the Line a of Fire. A lot of good stuff. Tarantino, Tarantino's The Hateful Eight. Uh, wow. So, there you go. My internet Nothing share. like The Ridiculous Six, though. <laughs> did you like that film? I haven't God, seen it. God, it was so weird. It was, it was so stupid that you just couldn't help but laugh. Um, but, yeah... It, that's um rest in peace uh but it, it, i think a life is well lived if you leave a little magic for other people to enjoy now let me ask you something what are the most what are the most memorable soundtracks or songs to you since this i i gave you a list of his most memorable what what's if you hear the first three notes you go i know that uh well what stands out being to you being like uh, Captain America's theme? Yeah, like any like Avengers any Marvel? theme. Like if I hear the Marvel music, I get chills. Like <laughs> like the the like Roland music yeah, to yeah. when they play the um you know Oh the credits, the, the master yeah. credits and all of that. So Yeah, no, there's nothing like a, a, a good trailer to give you chills. Good, yeah. a good um trailer, but also a good music intro or mm-hmm. opening theme. Yeah, no kidding. It's that's funny. I always think about, sometimes I think about, the, uh, there's a funny moment in Rhett and Link, mm-hmm. and they were talking about who knows what. This was a long time ago when I was watching them more regularly, and Link, he's the one without the beard, he, uh, he talks about every time he thinks about Gandalf saying, you shall not pass from Lord of the Rings, he gets the chills. And I was like... That's so, like, I can't think of, like, a moment in something where I would be able to get the chills. But I guess I can tee off to uh, our... Your, your share? No, no, no. What our uh, hashtag, oh, cinema hashtag cinema history, history. will be. That gave you some chills. So uh, stick around to that. We're not going to get into it too much, but there will be a hint uh, later. Uh, anyway, I'll move on to my internet share, which you saw a glimpse of. But basically... Tesla, a.k.a. Elon Musk, he basically uh, wanted to poke fun at short sellers, like people who... Oh, now that's, now it's me. Oh, look at I you. Turn the volume turn the volume off. I don't know why. background music. Yeah. Basically, on their website, they are now they're selling Tesla, red Tesla short shorts. Yes. That's... He's basically. The, the I've price, said basically. The price way too on much. them was weird or something. I just, it was sixty nine dollars and forty two cents. So he's really just jokes jabbing it in there, and he just wanted to make fun of short shorts. And the funny part is, they the first stock that they put in sold out 
and crash their website. Like, they it like instantly sold out. And these things are going on eBay for like double and even triple what uh what that you can buy them on the store. Now, you could like I'm on the website right now and I'm looking at it. it's so dumb because it's like it's crazy. Like why? What are you looking up right now? I'm looking this up. I'm reading this story because he this... he wants to taunt taunt. Who's he taunting? The what's the, the the number mean? What's the or is he just short sellers? Like short sellers, like in stocks, I think, hmm. and like business. Basic, I think. Well, and four twenty. You see yeah. The... That's that's why I said $69.42. Oh god. It he's just they're very lavish. And he posted on Twitter Tesla shorts now available. Only oh, no. 60 Well. Yeah, go ahead. Only $69.42. So which was apparently this is what I did not know was a uh, Musk tweeted on Sunday an apparent reference to his famous tweet in 2017 when he planned to take Tesla private for 420 a share. Yeah, a pot joke for his then girlfriend. Yeah, and uh, I it's 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 funny because he's he's one of those guys who's just like you know what no one controls my company I do if I want to put out short shorts to jab at other people i'm gonna do that and no one's gonna stop me because no one can well it's remarkable people buy them up i read mine from the new york post business section nicholas vega just citing my sources for when i quote something that you've never done until episode eight well it's because i've never quoted anyone so no i i i did uh okay whatever just anyway read moving it. on but no they're on ebay right now for double so what are they selling for uh like 150 dollars on ebay do you think anybody's buying them well this is why i'm confused because you can just buy them on can you still buy them on a store yes well then then i know i was like i was thinking about it i was like wait i should just buy like two pair and then flip them up and sell them on ebay for double but at the same the problem is you don't have them yet so like this is what's interesting no no one does right product so People are going to back themselves in a corner and buy a bunch of them, and then no one's going to... All of these on eBay are just, like, confirmed order. And they're selling the confirmed order to someone. Oh, I see, I see. Because someone's going to come on and say... I mean, there's a whole game there. I don't understand it. I don't have time to understand how eBay works. Yeah, But honestly, it seems like people know how to just flip things in this whole digital landscape. If you want to learn a thing or two about flipping things, go to look up Gary V. I've talked about him a lot, but he'll show you the way of garage selling. How many videos does he have on his site? He he's a TikTok. He uses TikTok. TikTok is his social media. Because he saw how big it was going to get, and he predicted it, and now he's huge on TikTok, and he posts like once a day, twice a day, like. I got on. I should probably download TikTok because I don't understand it, and you and your sister speak about it like it's this. Well, thing. no, it's just it's and just. All I imagine is six second videos going TikTok, and TikTok. he's like fake dabbing right now. <laughs> I'm dad dabbing. Yeah, no, it's no, it's there's you know there's things from like people motivational speakers to sure no I it's just another platform I don't understand so I have yeah. to learn about it. Well, no, it's just you don't have to. You just no, no. But but the truth is, is that, and this is something I recognize as a dad stuck in the pandemic, yada yada yada. Which the uptick is going at this rate, son. We're going to be stuck in our basement for a long time. But TikTok is one of those things where it just seemed six second video. What can you say in six seconds? But it's have they a changed minute. now? It's a minute. Before it was six seconds, wasn't it? No. And what was that? Snap snap video no, no okay <laughs> the we need like a soundboard and it's just boomer alert like geez what are you even talking about oh <laughs> uh, no it's it's just a site you post you can post a video no, no i understand it's, not... it's short videos but people are tiktok stars so so if if tiktok is the new youtube what how it's do not pe- if tiktok is tiktok and youtube is youtube how are people monetizing through tiktok 
sponsored video. We're going to pay you X to do 10 sponsored videos with our product. So, dear Kimchi X, they're paying us to share their product online. Dear Cold Brew X, someone's paying us on my our TikTok channel to... No, they're just paying you. No, no, I know. But I'm trying to put it in practical terms. If we had a TikTok channel for... Oh, yeah. Stuck with my dad. Well, if we... if if Okay, carry so, on. So, hold on. This is a question. I'm trying to understand the, the logic here, the through line from point A to point Z, whatever, how many steps it is. You put on TikTok and you get paid by sponsors... To make a TikTok sponsor, is it like just a blatant commercial for one minute? No. Or is it like... It can be... Today's TikTok is brought to you by... No, 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 no. Not like that. It's It's, more like... It's not... No, you wouldn't say today's TikTok is brought to you by. (laughs) (laughs) Because they're 30 to a minute. 30 seconds to a minute. And how many do you do in a day? If you're smart, you do at least one a day. So one TikTok a day where I'm doing the running man. Sure. And then how many hits you get determines if you're a TikTok star. But at this rate, you can't jump into TikTok and think you're going to flip the switch. And well, go. everyone, you, everyone who's anyone who's 12 years old wants to be a TikTok star now. Not a YouTube and star. It's, it's, it's definitely changing. Like I, I was listening uh, to um, Rabbit Hole, which is oh, done the New York Times. New York Times. Uh, and someone went to VidCon, and instead of a bunch of kids saying, oh, I want to be a YouTube star, they were saying, I want to be a TikTok star. And the weird, the, it's crazy because, like, TikTok, there's a group called, and they live in the quote-unquote hype house, and it's, like, just 20 white teenagers who all live together and make TikToks nonstop, and they get millions and millions of likes and well here's my question it's like it's like in the professional gaming world there's clans clan tags right like phase they're a huge clan they all live in the same giant all of these guys live in the mansion and they all play like they're basically their their own own bedroom or like tsm they're their own thing okay so in the youtube world it would be like the the boys who throw basketballs (laughs) (laughs) what And, and ping pong Dude, perfect. Thank you. Uh, sort of, but with more people, they're they're kind of just like their own little. Okay, so so if I if you had to pick a lane, that you not that you're going to, we're just BSing here. If you were to pick a lane where you could be a quote unquote star, would you want to be in the YouTube lane? Would you want to be in the TikTok lane, or would you want to be in the gamer lane? Um. Not TikTok, because it's already starting to get, it got banned in India. Uh, they're talking about banning it in Australia. Why is that? Well, what is there just, to... Because the content is the, so bad. So, some of the content can, can be, uh, I don't know, it's argued that some of it is, like, puts up the false sense of self with all these, you know, teenage girls who are, you know, it's basically like this false sense of... Uh, reality and it can like be brainwashing and people oh, are all spending, of it is. kids it is. are spending so much time on it we need to get rid of these devices no it's not the phones and on that topic when you and mom you say that all the time you say we oh we just we need to always try to live in a world without screens you need a break and sure you need a break but like there's no escaping anymore no i that's it's, fair it's, that's fair it's always the world embrace it or but back go to live my, in the woods yeah back to my point not tiktok because i feel like it's very possible that it could die out and if it's already you know falling in some other countries it's you know not worth it uh not i mean youtube's the same thing youtube's really difficult to keep monetization and to keep an income and i think the competitive gaming world is gonna change the world like it's going to be the next professional sport. like. Okay, that's fair. But to be as with any sport, as with any... Well, I wouldn't really call. 
I don't know if I'd call competitive gaming. I, I, I just it, a sport. let me put, let me clarify. It takes hours. Yeah. To a be lot. an expert at anything takes hours. Malcolm Probably. Gladwell wrote about that, and that it takes ten thousand hours to be an expert. Yeah. Well, so, to be a competitive gamer like competitive Fortnite players, yeah, eight to ten hours a day of playing your video game. See, that's I. And just that's the only way you can compete with these people. Fair enough. Fair enough. So, in reality, like the commitment to become a gaming superstar would require that you commit eight to ten hours a day of playing your games in high levels. When you're sure. when you're like do in they, the big. Here's leagues. my question. Do they wear a diaper or do they take no, the bathroom? Oh my break? god! <laughs> you have to get the. You're like, you have this stereotypical, you know, boomer Gen X idea of what a gamer is, and oh my gosh, they just kill people on TVs. And I didn't say brain. that at all. I no, was making is, a joke yeah, well, about whether you have to wear a diaper if you don't take breaks. They do, and some of the biggest you should see. There's a new thing going around where these really big YouTubers slash gamers slash professional gamers are getting jacked. Like they're getting super healthy and becoming their best selves because it's obviously there's always – there's this persona and this idea that oh, professional no, listen, gamers listen. sit and – No, I'm, that's what I'm saying. Like Tifu, who's this huge Fortnite gamer and like incredible, uh, he – He's shredded. Like, he just over, well, you know, over some time. Of course. And he, there's was definitely some use of something uh, other than just the gym, but, you know, to help out the process. But that goes for when you're well, trying to change yourself. Well, or anybody. Anybody that's that jacked in a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. Kudos to them. Well, that's great. All right, so. Crazy world. Crazy world. I was gonna say I had an I had a I had an internet share or I had a Troy story to lead us into our next segment on you know being a professional gamer, but um, I I, I don't you have blanked. A, I blanked. Huh? I don't have a professional. I don't have a Troy story about professional gaming. Because you don't understand it yet. No, but I'm I'm fascinated. And I say yet because. Oh, here's my next question. Knows. Are there VR stars? No. That doesn't exist yet. No, because there's no, what would you be a star at? Well, if I'm a VR and I put my headset on and I want to go hang with my clan or whatever they call them, are there VR stars yet? No, because that the problem is that's not that's not a platform. It's just a. It's like is there computer stars? <laughs> that doesn't work. Is there Xbox stars? No. There's stars who use those. That's fine, but what's the platform within VR? It we're not there yet. Uh, you know how do you know we haven't played in VR? We're not. We're gonna no, cook no. her up tonight. We're gonna turn her up. We're gonna flip the switch. Well, we're diving in tonight. Oh, folks, I think. To I'll tell you our right Oculus now. I'll tell you right now. Go. I think we should split the cost. I'm dead serious. We should split the cost on an Oculus Quest. Because I've learned about there's um, things you can download like not just for games. Oh, the where I can apps. where I can as, I can assemble like an engine from scratch. Oh, I think that's brilliant. I think that's brilliant. That's what I'm talking about. Who is utilizing the VR space to its fullest capability? Well, that's one of the things where it's like that's that's huge. Like especially because there's not a lot of in retrospect, like the big scheme of things, like no one's using VR. And no one's using it. Like, the fraction of people who are using VR, there's a fraction of those people who are using it for anything other than gaming or entertainment. So once you tap in to the learning experience of VR... Well, and this is where the battle is, and this is what I know from my experience in production, is is that there's going to be a battle. It happened between VHS and Beta. Do you know what beta is? No. Beta is a f- tape format that was actually a better format than VHS, but it was more expensive. So there were people that used to have VHS machines and beta machines and beta machines, but then eventually VHS won that war. What did beta? What did they like? They were just thicker tapes. They oh. was just it was a different tape format. DVD is the same way. VR and AR. That's where the battle is right now. Yeah. But I have to believe especially after the pandemic that there is a whole slew of possibility there 
that is the problem is, is people aren't able to monetize it on it fully yet. And you know, let your unless because essentially you're buying apps, right? Yeah, you're buying the device. You're, you're, it's just like anything else, you know. You're buying the device to buy content because mm-hmm. that everyone's got to have content. Everyone's got to have. So yeah. Well, here's my internet story. Since we shifted into VR, at least I can share with you my first a Troy story. On this week's A Troy Story, I reflect on the first time I wore a VR headset. Jacob always likes to talk about gaming, and what I realize is is that I still love technology, I still love the immersive experience of VR, and I still love what lies ahead. And I get excited about it because the potential and the opportunity for learning and education is extraordinary. Entertainment as well, gaming, etc., so the first time I put on a headset, I was in, it was just, uh, I think, a slap a phone into, no, 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 I think it was a standalone headgear. I don't remember exactly which one. But I was in a conference room at the office I was working at, and I watched a Cirque du Soleil video, which was 360 video. Mm-hmm. And I I did all the classic things you do in a VR experience. I sh- I sh- you know, fell back, I laughed, I reached out, I spun in the chair, and I, but it was Cirque du Soleil, and I right. love Cirque du Soleil. But it was a little intense to have those performers well, come right up to yeah. your face. In the, it wasn't like the most intense experience, I'm sure, because it wasn't like a super high end. No, no, and, it, and nothing has been super high end yet. The closest thing I saw at, that made me feel like that again was when I put the Oculus Quest on, Quest on at, at Best Buy. And I got to wear that experience. And then, of course, you know, I did my, my dad flex with the woman who was selling. Yeah. Why don't you tell selling, that story? Well, I don't really remember. You just. <laughs> well, I was at Sundance. Flexed. Yeah. And I, I, oh, I was at Sundance and I did all. And I did the like first the first VR. And <laughs> she was just like, yep, I'm just running the demo. I don't. I just kind of. All right. So. Needless to say, that moment, I'll never forget. I drew a line in the sand with the guy who helped show it to me. And I said, yeah, there's the day before VR and there's the day after VR. Right. And I'll never be the same. And now I'm excited. So if you think we should split a VR, the next COVID stimulus check, let's do it. What's the back order? How long before we get them? Uh, well, actually, I think their website is sold out. So that's I was just going around and seeing and I think, what are they running? I think now? their prices are up just because they're not. What's the turn time? Can you find it right now? Uh. Well, they're on there. You can get them on Amazon. For how much? You can get them new for like four eighty. So about five hundred bucks. You can get uh yeah used for just a little less. So we could get a new one for yeah close to five hundred. I think it would be valuable because, like, I, I can definitely do some more research into it. I, yeah, let's check it out because yeah, both their their Rift S, Rift S, which is kind of like the Quest, except you, have to you be plugged, plugged in. in. Yeah, uh, in their Oculus Quest is they're sold out right now on their website, and I'm sure they're because of COVID, they're not really making anything. Yeah, there's probably a backlog. It's a blessing and a curse, but I look forward to all the. I do miss the walking tours oh, I can do. Oh, $400 on, at Best Buy. Right now? Yeah. Available. In store. Uh, no. Only, it says unavailable within 250 miles. Yeah. There you go. All right. Well, that's my share for the week. All right, everyone. Welcome to What Do You Think? The segment where I ask my dad something crazy that I found and ask him what he thinks about it. On today's, we're, we've kind of got this Elon Musk thing going on. Uh, I want to talk about, it, it's more of like, so he has on their website, if you want to go right now, uh, just Tesla's website, they have, obviously, they sell, uh, they sell solar panels. Like sure, that's right, that's another big area for them. That's uh, obvious, but they have... The solar panels uh, that basically like integrates into your your roof. I see them, and 
you can get yeah it's their their whole system is it's super super slick because it's it's i don't know it it's something about tesla just i feel like they make a lot of money because they're so they the what i was thinking about was the solar roof mm-hmm. and they they basically turn your roof into solar panels so well different than like this or the whole no, no, roof no. because hey, the... if is there a segment where you can select things go up go all the way to the top so uh, those are the solar panels but i no, think here there's a gotta again gotta help him find it <laughs> uh, the solar roof oh i see the solar roof so basically your shingles become oh, yes. solar panels. yeah 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 and i like that house well that's what i'm saying Tesla is so smart because they're nothing about their website is like unpleasing. Oh sure, like it's the so design crisp. of everything is so crisp and clear. And Would like you want to live in that homes, house? Yes. You like that style of architecture? Yeah. These homes are so aesthetically pleasing. Absolutely. And there's something about. Well, it seems to me that this solar power only makes sense, and it's and the idea that. So what do I think about solar panels? Or like what do I, I think was about just thinking Tesla? like solar energy and like, you know, what if that's how we get our power in 50 well, years? I, the truth is, is that we have been able to get our power that way for a long time, but corporations have chosen not to pursue that because it wasn't what was making money at the time. Mm -hmm. But moving forward into the next 50 years, whichever house we eventually get into or wherever we are in three to five years, I would want solar panels. Yeah. I want to have a self-sufficient. I think everybody is looking at it and going, I don't know what the argument to not do it is. Mm -hmm. I suppose the argument to not do it is, is, oh, well, it costs money right now and it's cheaper to just use electric. It's cheaper now, but is it cheaper in the long run? Well, then it's like thinking about how long will it take to pay for it to, become like a vent like a right what's the investment worth yeah. usually you hear solar panels is usually about a three years before you actually start seeing the investment so if you invest just for the sake of argument ten thousand dollars to do your home it's going to take you three years to pay that off or to pay it down unless you paid in cash before mm -hmm. you actually start seeing the benefit and i those numbers aren't, aren't well yeah legit, but but to pay it off. To pay it off. So it makes perfect sense. I think the other thing is, is not only solar panels now, but I think all homes and home design are going to be needing another extra bedroom simply for a home office. Mm -hmm. Because if you're working right. from home, yeah, you know. And it's going to be interesting. I feel like it, I don't know if you want to go into this, but like briefly describe what you do for a living. Oh, uh, Cause, I, cause I, I want to, I have an idea. Sure, sure, sure. So I do online training. So I s support and help, uh, my current job now is I work for a company called Sage Presence. And what we do is we support, uh, and help, um, architects, engineer and construction companies prepare for high stakes interviews. So we go yeah. in and work on strategy, message design and presentation skills. Uh, and now we used to do it in front of people. And now we're teaching people how to do it in front of a screen because the Zoom mm -hmm. environment is different. So how do you present yourself effectively? And this is what I'm saying. I feel like your business could kill it in VR. That's what I, that's the bridge I'm trying to gap. I, there's some space there, both creatively and from a learning and development standpoint, that you put you in an environment so you feel the pressure and the stress. Mm -hmm. Right now, the environment is a screen and the VR is overkill, but. Well, I the only reason I think it could be beneficial is because you're dropped into an office. This office is free. There's no nothing. Then you can be in an office environment. Someone can be in front of you writing whatever down or talking about numbers. You can communicate and but see the communicate is the hard part that would require live vr and that's what you're recommending what do you if mean? i'm doing the training live or am i doing the training on tape so are people watching the training through vr no i was just thinking like you're 
you guys obviously have brainstorming and sure. you guys talk to each other. And, right. Or, yeah, you t- think of a world where companies buy their employees or rent out VR. VR gear. It gets sent to your door. You strap in and you go into a training session for eight hours or whatever. But you split yes, it up. yeah, yeah. Here's the ar- here's the interesting argument, and this is this is the research that needs to be done. If people get Zoom fatigue, if they get exhausted by being in front of a camera for a long meeting, then how about VR? Now you and I have done the research enough to know that twenty minutes in VR is about max. You know, especially if you're not used to no. It. Well, Two hours, I mean, just if you're not used to it, because there's motion sickness, there's comfort. Well, it depends problem. on what you're doing. I, I don't, I don't think we can really tell because we, we've never owned a real like. My point is, is that people aren't used. To, people get exhausted by having the screen in front of them. There's three feet in front of them. If you're going to go into a training environment, which I absolutely agree on, it's just figuring out the timing. My point is, is that I know I would learn better if I could put the headgear on and I was but in a streaming live environment where I could ask questions, I could get a response. It's going to be the same way for college students and the way people learn. They're going to need yeah. to learn in a VR environment. Well, because I was thinking about this today. It's not like we can just go back to like right now, if school were to start, we wouldn't be able to just go normally. And it's that's one thing that's kind of scary is like, I'm sure schools are just kind of like, uh, I don't, we're, we don't really need to think about it right now because it's the start of July, but it's not like we're just going to end up being perfect in a month and a month, two months when school starts again. Like, who knows what will happen. And Well, then I think the most important thing we can do is get a VR quest before school starts. Yeah. My only challenge is, is it goes back to the same challenge with VR to begin with, is is how much time in VR is good for the human body. I don't think it's uh, personally because there's a lot I of think, warnings I on think those machines. Personally, well, I mean, because they have you, to. You're, yeah, but, but I th- think v, VR in general is healthier than sitting down and watching TV for three hours because. because what most almost everything you do in a, and I'm talking like real VR like if we had a quest anything I'd be doing I'd be standing anything I'd be doing I'd be moving around a lot of games like shooters or whatever or maybe I'm playing Beat Saber and I'm moving my you know it's all way more activity than you get just sitting down and zoning out and even like just thinking about things, right? You're trying to process what you're seeing in front of you. Yes. So you sure it might be straining on your eyes, but it's not like you're sitting down for four hours to do VR. It's it's like an hour of experience. Yeah. No, I agree. I think the learning environment. So uh... it's just it's so hard to know because it could it's gonna keep changing. It's gonna keep changing, but at some point when we do this anyway. Right, mm-hmm. we're doing this on our phone. I, I just put my for those who can't see, I put my phone for right up to my eyes. For those who can't see, aka everyone, because we're <laughs> doing a podcast. <laughs> uh, the idea is, is that uh, you slap this phone on, and we're going to be immersed in it anyway. I think that it's still a worthwhile endeavor if you can bring quality content to a new device that helps people in the future find empathy. These are empathy machines. There's an opportunity to teach people things. Were you dozing off there for a yeah, second? Yeah, a little bit. I don't know what you're getting at now. <laughs> All I'm saying is is that what I think about solar panels on a house... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we strayed a little bit. That's okay. Is that I think I like it and I want solar panels on a house. Okay. See the energy. See the energy you'll need to power your, your Oculus. You're right. What happens when you've got the full 360 treadmill in your basement and you go in... Ready, Ready Player One is obviously... The only reason that the world of Ready Player One seems untouchable uh, is because the VR experience feels like real life. In the like when you're watching right, a movie or right, reading the right. book, it feels like once they go into VR, it's the same as real life, which we're so far away from. But we're really, not really that far. No, away from. but just because of like the screen door effect where you have the right, pixels, right, right? Right, right? Once we eliminate, and that's why I think some sort of OLED screen. Display or like, 
well, they obviously do that already, but some sort of like almost like a bar. And so it's it's less pixely and it's more I know they've done that in certain things, but like where you 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 get the smallest pixels, right? And like your 8K, an 8K screen or something. Totally. And you're just eliminating as much as you can. Once it gets to that, like it's going to be scary. See, I think I have to keep thinking about my last thought on this and we can transition to the next beat mm-hmm. is I have to think about the audience of the future mm-hmm. and not the audience of my past, my the generation before me or my generation. It's about your generation, millennials and your generation and next, whatever that is, alpha. Yeah. That you go, oh, I don't need to worry about those old timers. They're not going to get it. I'm on the cusp. I may not get it. I still got paranoia and fear. You can't have a screen in front of yourself all day long. Yeah, well, which was burned into your brain as a child, so, and, like, through your life. Well, yes, and I still went into media production. Exactly. Creation, so go figure. You probably sat in front of a screen more oh, than I anyone. Sat, well, to some degree, yes. And I loved it, and I still love it. Yeah. Um, and I've discovered, oh, my God, there's a world out there. So I like immersive stuff. But the VR thing is immersive me so to your point about standing and all of that i don't remember what my where we were going with this it's just being healthier unhealthier the 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 giving and the generational thing i'm targeting oh, yeah targeting the next generation thank you see i just had a generational moment I'm yeah tired. it's been a long we had a good fourth of july yeah Planning for the future means that I got to think like the future and I got to figure out how you think and what you need because the people that learn in a VR experience, they're not going to have to, you're not going to have that hurdle Mm -hmm. of, oh, I don't know if I want to try this new technology. The technology is there, use it. It's just a question of whether it's VR or AR. Is it easier to put up an iPad and move around the room or is it better to put the goggles on? Or is it better to have the AR goggles where it projects everything onto your real life? Right. Like the Google Glasses and yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's it's a it's it's very exciting. It's a world we're just touching. We're it's right. we're just scraping the surface. So up, then so. we don't have to worry about being TikTok stars. We can just be VR. We can just have fun in VR and learn a thing or two. Exactly. So with that, speaking of learning a thing or two, let's move on to Kimchi Corner. Oh, my favorite section. So, I'm happy to report and sad to report. Uh, well, my sad to report is that we still haven't made a homemade batch of kimchi. We were traveling for the holiday, and I was going to get some today, but Jacob isn't ready for it. What is it that you need? How much time do you need to make a fresh batch, and what will be different like a, this like time? Like a full day. Full day. Well, today we have fierce ferments, uh, raw kimchi mild uh, from our friends in Falcon Heights, the Good Acre. We go local here, folks. All We got Chinese cabbage, carrot. Dakian reddish, turnip, filtered water, onion, ginger, sea salt, garlic, cayenne pepper, and organic. This is good through. This is good forever. April of 2021. 2022. 2021. So this is our new try. While Jacob is, we're gonna. No, we still gotta. We gotta put content out here, and and we can't have Kimchi Corner without Kimchi. So I actually drove to the local co-op today. Hopefully, it doesn't like explode on you. A lot of compression in there. Ooh, here we go. Ooh, that smells good. First, first sniff there. My whole like mouth just right. Like, you get the tingle in your in your. Oh, uh, yep. Smells like the kimchi. back of your tongue. Well, why don't you take a quick bite of that? Okay. And while I take some, you can read our inspirational sure. whatever, whatever. Go away from the mic when you chew. Biggest pet peeve. We'll give, we'll give it a kimchi scale. Ooh. Whoa. That's mild and that's got a good kick. Or you're just weak. <laughs> I'm just weak. But that is delicious. It's not too invasive. Like it's not too overpowering. Overpowering? No, that's just right. If you cut that with some pork and some or vegan, if you cut that with some rice... That would be amazing. That's my that's that's one of my favorite jars so far. Fierce ferments, everybody. There we go. All right. So 
Dude, you were about to wash down kimchi with cold brew. That's disgusting. Yeah, I know. I'll drink my water instead. ASMR drinking water. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Mm. It's so mean. <laughs> All right. Today's kimchi corner. We are reading from the book Big Ideas for Curious Minds, an Introduction to Philosophy. It's like a children's book. This is a shout out to my dear friend, Doug Fisick, who uh, just took my children and my friend AC's children through Doug Camp, and they examined big ideas for curious minds. So He's a philosophy professor. He's a philosophy professor, and he just did a course for my children. So I'm going to ask you, Jacob. Let's see. Okay. So the, the big idea is to know yourself. Okay. So this follows Socrates and his desire to ask the question why and that he was uh, always thinking and he wanted to be the thinking friend. So, but his, his desire was to explore his own life and um, to know yourself. So I'm going to ask you, Jacob. Is what there a does, quote or? <laughs> uh, I'm looking for the quote. We don't need a quote today. We can just, you just, can just so, ask the so question. So I'll ask the question in Kimchi Corner, which is, what does it mean to you to know yourself? Um, I don't know. I think I think a lot of people uh, don't know themselves in the fact that, like, you can be a different person around different people. Like, the person you are at home could be very different than the person you are at school or when you're around your friends or and I mean that's a give and take but like if you know yourself you know how you how you are who you are and I think that's important is knowing exactly like who you are and uh, accepting if you do something and that's you then that's you don't stray f- too far from yourself because the worst thing that you can do is fake it and in your life with your friends and with people, how often do you think you fake it? Or are you pretty, do you think of yourself as a pretty authentic person? I, I'd say I'm pretty authentic. People get what they get, whether yeah. you're at home or at school. And then that's how I find my friends. If they like who I am, then I know they like authentic, authenticity. Authenticity. Um, but I think that's, gosh, I watch a lot of Gary Vee videos. Anyway, he says... The biggest problem with people who he interviews is they come in and they try to be Numbers McGee who's all about, oh, yeah, your business model, and they memorize the playbook of his company, and they just spit out facts. They don't just go in there and be themselves, give the resume, talk about who they are, what they can you know, add, which is totally different. You don't want to fake it, get the job, and then have to fake it the rest of your life. So my last question for you in this segment is if there were three things you know about yourself, what would those three things be? Oh, gosh. I don't know. That's that's kind of a hard question. Well. Just because I don't – there's that's – kind of, that's kind of like a – Well, it's a very deep question, but it can also be – on the, you can also answer it very factually too. I think – what you know about I, yourself is? I like to learn things, but sometimes the learning process... I like to know things, but the learning process can sometimes be frustrating for me if I don't enjoy what I'm learning. Mm. Uh, I think that's probably one of my biggest things. If I enjoy what I'm learning, I'll spend hours learning. But Or if I'm what I'm doing, right? Like I'll spend five hours drawing. Just because I feel like it's a worthwhile time investment, but or if like I'm I'm researching like a car or something, or if I'm learning about a specific kind of car, then I'll go in depth and I'll learn all about the engine, all about the reliability, all about everything about the car. Uh, those are just some examples of the things I like to do. Uh, but if like if it's to- something totally different, you just lack the motivation and. If it's not something that I'm like super enjoying, 
I think that goes for everyone. It sucks. So you just have to find your own fun in things that you might not like so much. I'll remember that you said that. The next time I ask you to do something around the house you don't want to do, I'll just say, find the fun in it. Usually that doesn't happen, though. What's that? Usually you tell me to do something in the house. Oh, do the dishwasher. And it's like, yep, I get it. Yeah, well, you get it. But I still try to keep you all, teach you all how to find the fun in it because... Because that can be hard. And it's it's something you got to learn Something repetitive and it never goes away, so might as well find the joy in it. Right. All right. Very good. Are we moving on? Yes. We are moving on to... Bump, bump, butter bump. Hashtag cinema history. Butter, butter. Okay. Do you, can you guess it based on my musical? Uh, dun, 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 dun. Oh, okay. That's what you're doing. I couldn't <laughs> even tell what you were doing. I thought you were doing some movie thing. Basically, I was going to talk about this in a Troy story and ask my dad, what was a great uh, play? Like, he was a very theatrical person, and he was in the theater and uh, that was kind of part of his life in college and high school. Uh, so I was going to say, what's a good Troy story from those experience? But I think we can say that for next week. And so off of that, that's kind of your hint, theatrical, what came to cinema. Today we're talking about Hamilton coming to Disney+. Plus. That's right. So for those of you who have been living under a rock since 2016 and do not know about Hamilton... Hamilton was a musical based on the life of Alexander Hamilton that was uh, written by Lin-Manuel Miranda and his creative partner. Um, And it was the hot sensation that blew Broadway away. And it won the Tony Awards and he won a number of awards for the musical. Uh, And it is uh, brought to the big screen of your basement or your home or your phone. The live theatrical. So Disney spent $75 million acquiring the rights to this. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's just, I just hope Lynn is getting some of that. Well, he definitely will because he. Uh, it's his brainchild. Like, it's a, it's a remarkable piece. So um, I think because we're talking about a, a f- stage production that was put on film, we need to discuss the. Pl- do we talk about it like a play or like a movie? I think we have to talk about it like a movie just because, I mean, we can do both. Okay. But I think we can talk, the biggest thing we should talk about is just like cinematography because that's really the only thing we can get into because I, by no means am I, uh, I mean, you could be different because I know that you've obviously been part of the theatrical world for a while. Uh, even when you're not in plays, you're still theatrical. So there's a little bit. I'm still got the flair, everyone. Um, I'm not a theatrical, you know, editor or what are the reviewer. I, I, I that's not really my knowledge. So that's fine. So I think starting off, you I, have. Go ahead. Sorry. The one thing I wanted to say was, Lin Manuel Miranda, when he first started his adventure, he actually was able to talk to then president barack obama uh and he looked him in the eyes he's like i'm gonna make a musical about alexander hamilton and obama said good luck and then he was there the first night it it performed on broadway and that was i thought that was a nice little tidbit because you know obviously people didn't really have that much hopes for it well it's hard to it's a tough sell i would have think just the the business of selling a new production to broadway is difficult although lin-manuel manuel miranda had the success of in the heights which was his first musical that won a tony and put him on the map and yeah in the heights and that's coming out as an actual movie musical movie musical uh and it's a great musical as well. I've seen segments of it. I haven't seen the whole show, but that follows the immigrant life up in the Heights, the neighborhood he grew That's up cool. in. So, well, if they can, if if they can sell a full Broadway play on Cats, I think they can sell one on oh, Alexander we still Hamilton. Need to watch Cats. I'm not so watching that. Cats. I'm not watching Cats. <laughs> okay, I so back to Hamilton. Okay. So Hamilton, uh, obviously, I'd heard the music. Tell me about the first time you learned the musical Hamilton. Uh, 
it would have been in middle school probably and it was classmates brought it to my attention here's the music and they started they were singing the music and i uh i was like oh that's you know that sounds interesting i'll look it up so i can know it too and i learned the music and not all of it i never really listened to like incredibly far into it because it is two hours and 40 minutes but i listened uh for two and a half hours roughly so it was long definitely but i i know the big songs of the of the musical and it and we was as always a, interesting we as a family had listened to the soundtrack and knew the first probably the first act well, well, I knew more than you guys. Right. So then we get in and we watch with our girls as well. And it was a family movie. And you were talking about chills earlier. So what yeah. was your experience? Well, I think the biggest reason I got chills was because of like the opening music and like my shot and stuff. Like the very iconic songs sure. from it. I'd never, ever seen the actual thing. Right. Or any clips right. from it or right. anything. So it was hearing the music and getting a visual and the original Broadway cast visual to the words. And I got, I definitely got a little bit of chills just because like, that's a pretty big thing. Like Broadway, especially the original cast. That's so well, important. And, and the idea that this was filmed on Broadway in June of 2016. And it's, so it's a, it, it's actually just the best representation of the Broadway production, which mm-hmm. was amazing. I mean, the, the, the choreography and some of the scenes were extraordinary. The musicality, mm-hmm. I mean, I was engrossed by it. It's a long story, and there's a mm-hmm. lot of information. So yeah. you know, it's hard to process. I, I read somewhere someone saying that to watch it once through just to experience it is one pass, and then to watch it through again with the subtitles on so you can see how many words people are saying in those mm-hmm. raps and how fast they're, yeah. how much content is in there uh, is extraordinary. I, I loved... Uh, the power in the performances and especially the three sisters I thought were outstanding. Skylar sisters, the yeah. Skylar sisters were, uh, and that performance about her her flashback to that night. I can't believe you hadn't heard that song. I'd heard the song. I don't think I'd ever known what was going on. Yeah. So the idea of actually seeing the performance play out, I have I you know some mixed thoughts on seeing it on camera like that because there were some times where there were some close ups and double shots. That's what and... I'm saying. There is some times where it was there was close ups and it, you were just like thirty minutes of, or like ten minutes of, kind of wide, wide shots, shots getting the entire scene. Yeah. And then it would randomly be a close up on someone's face. Right. And you just it was like a little uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. That like there was a. Uh, there was a fair amount of like intimacy that's somewhat lost when you film a stage play because when you're seeing Broadway or any major theatrical production, there's this distancing that occurs. Mm -hmm. And so there's something about seeing the whole show with your eyes. Yeah. And I've seen a lot of plays through the years, both in New York and here in the Twin Cities and, and uh, my dear friend is in a lot of theatrical productions here in the Twin Cities. And I remember the, I sat up on stage when he was in a performance of Chicago and I was like literally from here to here watching him perform. It's probably three feet or something. And it was a little unnerving. I'm not sure I like yeah. the kind of in-your-face theatrical. I once saw a production of Shakespeare uh, up in, in Canada and it was sort of a strolling version of Macbeth. And so you'd take your little mats and you'd, they'd go by the water and then they'd mm-hmm. go here. And it was a very cool experience, but it was a little uncomfortable because you're like, oh God, they're not going to look at me, are they? Or they're going to want me That's to That's what I'm in? saying. You don't, you, when you have the whole thing, you can look at everyone. Right. You can look at, you know, engage in something else. But when you're just looking at someone's face, you're like, whoa, like, yeah, hold yeah, on, this is... This is a whole play, a whole musical going on. Um, but I, I did thoroughly enjoy the production. Um, would I sit down and watch it again? I don't know. There might be certain numbers I would watch yeah, again. I agree with that. It's not like I was... It's just a lot. Yeah, I mean, it's something you could have on in the background and get sucked in. But I don't tend to be one to leave a television on in the background when I'm 
I'd sooner just listen to the music. We're going to get a lot of hate from that if What's people that? actually listened. Hamilton's uh, definitely something you could just have on in the background. <laughs> Less, I would watch it again. I would see the production live. Mm-hmm. I would definitely want to see it. It would be so much better live. And the thing is, is that the performances in that show, especially some of the musical numbers, to experience that live on stage mm-hmm. or to live in the audience is a, is a life-changing experience. It's a very so well for me, maybe not for you, but you can no, a, I appreciate sort of the magnitude of this moment, this immersive experience. One of the interesting things since we talked about VR, so just kind of high-level things, outstanding musical numbers. I just thought the biggest choreography thing was the choreography. It would have been boring if it was just solo. It was sing, people singing songs, and it right. was just them. Yeah, I they, think everyone had a part, and yeah. there was pieces, and they right. would. The choreography was made to feel what they were talking right. about. Yeah, all of it, it. All of it was such an intricate. There's such a. And uh, it was so simple. Yes. The stage. Yeah, very much so. The revolving center of the stage was great. I love King George as well. Mm-hmm. His performance. Same guy who voices Olaf in the Frozen movies. Um, uh, and. I you know and you can Google all of their names so we don't yeah. have all of their names but I thoroughly enjoyed uh, watching it and watching it with the family as well it's still a lot of historic stuff I found myself yeah. wanting to know the backstory and I think some of the critiques that have now come out that I've seen about Hamilton streaming on Disney is is that we're not in 2016 anymore this isn't June of 2016 yeah. we're not in the Obama administration the changes in conversation about race and race representation. Because what's problematic is, is most of the people, main characters in there were slave owners. So then where does that put the conversation? And that was sort of glossed over. And so there's some very good articles. Well, the thing about that, that is just like, I don't think that's what it's trying to do. I mean, there there is something to say about Disney and obviously having a well, they did pretty have... rough past with a yeah. lot of things related to that. And now it's like, oh, let's get them back on our side. Let's put out Hamilton. Well, yes, there was clearly a conscious choice. Now, that was supposed to premiere in theaters, and this is this idea of being stuck at home. Had originally this been, Hmm. this was originally, well, I'm just sharing what the facts are. It was originally meant to go to the theater directly so that they could make money off of Hamilton in the movie theater. Because there's going to, I tell you one thing. I would love to see Hamilton on the big screen because it would be more feel like you're at the theatrical experience. Or had they shot it in 3D and then you go to a theater and you see it like the proscenium of a stage. So you sit in the theater and it looks 3D and it feels like you're watching. I don't know if that would have worked just in the sense that you'd want it to because usually 3D stuff is all animated and it's coming at like it's coming. Well, yes, you'd have more of that experience of the depth, but it might give you a different experience of witnessing it. Um, Also, I think... Hamilton in 3D might be little <laughs> wandering off a little too far from what it was intended to be. No, no, no. It's just Hamilton in 3D allows you to have a theatrical experience. No, on I know because you can't. It's not like you. Can, they can just. Do They've the done original some dance Broadway shows thing. that way, shot in 3D, even though they're not flying out. You're like Cirque du Soleil. Yeah. They're just so to represent what it is to be in theater, and mm-hmm. but there's a difference. There's a difference of being in theater and experiencing it live, and the music, and the sweat, and the energy, and the COVID flying all around, which is the challenge right yeah. now. You couldn't go see this, and Broadway is shut down now until at least January of 2021. So, for what I loved about watching the film was I rem- I was reminded how much I love live performance, mm-hmm. live theater. Yeah. There's an energy. There's a. There's an excitement to it. There's a. There's. It can. Any. Any moment, anybody can forget their lines, mm-hmm. and you'll see a lot of stuff now out there. And I told you he was a nerd. I meant it, folks. Yes, yes. <laughs> I, this I, is as well. I mean, here, if you want my know my Troy story, the most. The mo- I saw. I saw the original Broadway cast of Rent in okay. on Broadway in 1996. That's one that I don't mind watching. That's over a good. And over. Yeah, I mean, if the music gets you in the and then you know they could you could just hear the soundtrack and be good. When you see the theatrical production, it adds a whole other layer. So, mm-hmm. so I now the the one person the one someone will argue that this is not cinema because it's not it's just a documentary. Yeah, I don't really think it is. Whereas you could have a cinematic version of Hamilton, but that would require sets and a whole different 
that would a lot of money <clears throat> right sort of like it's like bringing Les Mis to the big screen yeah right did you ever remember watching that with Hugh Jackman no oh. I, I don't think I could sit through that to be honest I, I'm sure I could appreciate it from a lot of perspectives well yes yes that, but it's long so. alright so takeaway uh, what did you think would you recommend Hamilton on yeah. Disney's Plus to your friends I think if you haven't seen it you have to Just it's it's like incredible is it's worth the i think you can get a month free trial if you haven't gotten yeah. disney i think Plus. they i think they increased their downloads like the this has been the most yeah. successful month for them because everybody wanted to watch hamilton yeah and if you are a marvel nerd they're going to be making like four original marvel tv shows that you're only going to be able to watch on disney plus so. yeah they figured it out so uh yeah if you want to get it it's it's worth it if you haven't seen it just and i'm sure a lot of people haven't uh it's one of those things I think people are, want that. Oh yeah, I saw Hamilton. Right, right. Yeah. I said, but then it's that theater snobbery where it's sort of like I saw Hamilton on Broadway. On Broadway. I saw the original. Oh, Broadway you saw cast. it on Disney Plus. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, Disney I saw. Plus. I saw. I huh. saw the touring tour of. I've seen the. You know, it's all about yeah. who's in it. Um, but and I have friends who still have the ticket stubs and. Uh, Play, playbill playbill yeah from the yeah. i think i probably in a box somewhere one day you'll find all of my playbills you could probably sell rent original rent, rent. original playbill. i wonder what if you could make money on that well it'd be a very unique theater nerd who would want the original i'm just saying i might have a signature there. on there i think we've waited afterwards you could that's where you make money that's right someone signed my some rent theater playbill. nerd would pay a lot of money for that anyway i think this is a. Uh, going to a natural closing here that was a little taste of our experience in uh i guess cinema it's well it was the movie we watched as a family so i think we'll have yeah. next week we'll dive into what does cinema mean okay and uh next week will be i think we're just gonna say what movie next week will be a great a complete great, juxtaposition yeah, to totally r- away uh but we'll be watching baby driver next week Cheers uh, to Baby Driver. Uh, which is a movie I've wanted to see for a long time, and we're finally getting around to it. So we'll be, stay tuned for that. And next week, uh, we post every Tuesday. Uh, keep If you haven't uh, listened to any of our previous episodes, you can click down wherever you're listening right now and listen to those. Hope you're a reoccurring listener. Uh, if you haven't uh, shared this with anyone already and you know someone who might enjoy this, go for it. We're not scared of a new listeners or anything. Go follow us on Instagram at StuckWithMyDad. Hope you all enjoyed today's episode, episode 8. Lucky number 8. We're cruising to number 10. Uh, hope you all enjoyed, and we'll catch you in the next one. Alexander Hamilton. Alexander Hamilton.